It's the Hoffman Show. We're on the Team 980. We're always live as well on the free Odyssey app. And it is a Monday at 5 o'clock. And really, lately, that's meant absolutely nothing. We've had barely had shows on Mondays and had scheduling stuff. But traditionally during football season, that's meant that we've had Michael Phillips. And looky, looky here, it's time to welcome back Michael Phillips. Today's top story from the perspective of someone who's there. You are looking live. This just in. Not my beat. Michael, welcome back to your home radio spot. Uh, it just doesn't feel right. I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what to say about this. It's the normal time, the agreed upon time. Uh, I, I we haven't been here in so long. I, it, it feels, you know, like we got to break it back in. Yeah, I mean, should we do a proper warm up? I don't know what the the, the procedure is here. Do we just get into the football? What, what I know is, you know, I've been a radio guy for a couple minutes now. Yeah, uh, well, I guess it's September. Uh, last week was the first time. I really lost my voice while doing the radio show. Oh, that's and awful we, when you're solo. Man, we slogged through the week. It was uh, it was a slog of a week. So this was like a long-term thing, not like have you ever lost your voice straight up during a segment? Um, yeah, so we you know, I my producer I uh, helped uh, helped carry it obviously. Um and you know, we had stuff ready to go and guests, but uh yeah, there there was one segment where I we we didn't make the finish line. Yeah, Anthony, that is his nightmare, that if I lose my voice during the segment, because it's funny, because there's a lot of producers in radio that actually, like, are younger guys that, or gals, that want to become hosts, and that's actually their dream. Like, when I was a producer, (laughs) that was my dream, was I would like my my host to all of a sudden lose his voice, and then I'd have to do the show. And I just I would I would be Lou Gehrig and they would be Wally Pip, of course. Um, that was that was how it went in my head. Um, not hey, we'll get a sub tomorrow. That's not you. He keep hitting your buttons, you doofus. Um, this is actually Anthony's nightmare. This is something that comes up every once in a while. I have lost my voice for moments that Anthony's had to carry the show. Anthony, that is that is actually your literal nightmare is that you would have to host the show. Yeah, I mean, Anthony. I mean, for three Anthony. hours is crazy. <laughs> yeah, and, and they, there's only one line you gotta know and that is uh craig's uh craig's feeling a little something so we're gonna take a break we'll be right back. <laughs> hey, that's and a great uh, line too <laughs> yeah we've we've all been there all right uh so the commanders had about as good of a championship weekend in my opinion that they could have had of course it'd be nice to hire the super bowl winning offensive or defensive coordinator if the lions or ravens won or assistant head coach in anthony weaver's case if that's the direction they want to go but Michael realistically now every single candidate that they would like to interview is available they can hire their coach this week what is the latest that you are hearing as to take your radio host hat off and whatever is left of your reporter hat on what is the latest of in terms of what we're hearing in terms of a timeline and how realistic is it that by the end of this week and like when we have you on next week we're we're talking about a a new head coach the commanders yeah, I was laughing. This is actually my last formal week of duties for the Washington Times. I'll write some stuff when we're down at the Super Bowl next week, too. Um, but, I, you know, uh, the, the new kid, Liam, uh, said, hey, it looks like it's going to be your problem uh, as the Lions are up 24-7. to And then it became my problem once again, uh, which is not a problem because uh, <laughs> that's, that's my job. That's what I do. Uh, by my count, we've got seven uh, in-person finalist candidates on the board. I've obviously taken Raheem Morris off the board uh, for obvious reasons. He's been hired. 
Uh, you got the two Ravens guys, Anthony Weaver, Mike McDonald. You got the two Lions guys, Aaron Glenn, Ben Johnson, Dan Quinn, of course, from the Cowboys, Bobby Sloak of the Texans, and Eric Bieniemy was given a full in-person interview in-house as well. Uh, I would be astonished if it's not Mike McDonald or Ben Johnson, uh, not in that order, Ben Johnson uh, having the preference there. And I would be more astonished if this is not fully in the books by Friday afternoon when we all clock out. You don't, you don't need four days of deliberation on this. You've had, you've had weeks of deliberation. You get the in-persons with everybody wrapping up in Detroit tomorrow with Ben Johnson. Uh, they'll convene, they'll, they'll, they'll make their decision, whatever it is they want to do. Uh, I can't see any plausible reason you would need to take this into another week. I wholeheartedly agree, which is why uh, as much forward planning as we have done on this radio show, Thursday and Friday are completely blank slates as of right now. Um, you've heard, well, I, I think you've heard uh, like kind of this, uh, I don't, it's not defeatism, but like this... Uh, Inevitability. That's the right word. That's why you write in print and I sit here and blabber into a microphone. Although, <laughs> don't worry, Michael, you're just about to be another one of us as your duties at Washington <laughs> Times come to an end. There's an inevitability that it, this is spoken of, that it is going to be Johnson. But John Keim, who is as plugged in as anybody, obviously, and Adam Schefter, who is as plugged in as anybody, obviously, uh, the ESPN brigade has come out and been like, no, no, like this is not done. We understand that everyone's just connecting dots here, but... Uh, it has been made very clear that they are taking these interviews seriously, and this is not a foregone conclusion. And this group, the Harris group, has been very secretive and had things very buttoned up. What have you made of both the uh, the pushback uh, from some premier reporters that it is not a foregone conclusion and the general lack of information coming from the Harris camp? Yeah, and uh, it, this reminds me, there's a Simpson episode where uh, – Homer listens to vocabulary tapes and starts having like a really big vocabulary, but then he stops listening and he forgets what, what the words for everything is. That's going to be me after a couple of weeks. Of, uh, <laughs> I of thought you were going to say line. that was just me right then, right now, because that would also be it. That's, that was the problem as <laughs> I need to go back and listen to my vocabulary tapes. Anyway, uh, Michael continue. Yes. Um, I, look, you've got different sources who provide different information here, right? And uh, uh, you are absolutely correct. The Harris group is not, forthcoming with details and information and, and i commend them for that right everything they've done uh craig since uh, i guess when they took over uh has been designed to communicate to the public the fans uh we're not dan snyder uh, and this is just another way of doing that is running a nice buttoned up coach process where they take care of business quietly and professionally and bring somebody to a podium at the end of that process uh, that's not the way things have traditionally worked. So I think it's very important for them to do that. Now, the rest of the league continues chattering as normal. And of course, we are tuned into that chatter and dialed into that chatter. And uh, uh, definitely the rest of the league thinks Ben Johnson is the guy to get. Now, I would say this, the only competition at this point is, is Seattle. I also think this is not going to be a cycle where Ben Johnson goes without a job. Assuming he wants an NFL job, he's going to get one. And I find it hard to believe he sat out this whole process not knowing he, he's got an option when, when the music stops and everybody sits down in a chair. You look at all the jobs that filled last week, and some of those teams would trade their guy for Ben Johnson right now straight up. So that, that leads me to believe some communication has happened behind the scenes. I think it's also very important to – 
respect the process. And that that's your Adam Schefter reporting, right? Is they, they will respect the process and have an open mind as they go through these interviews. Uh, but at the same time, Ben Johnson is not still on the board because he's not an undesirable candidate. He is the desirable candidate. Uh, obviously, McDonald's giving him a run for his money right now. But in terms of him landing with a job, assuming he wants one in this cycle, he's going to get one. There's two left. That tells me he's got one of them. Right. So then that brings the Seattle side into this. How big of a threat realistically are the Seahawks to win the battle for Ben Johnson? Yeah. And if, if they want him, that, that, that could be a wild wrinkle here. And uh, Ben Johnson's agent is going to be incredibly happy if that's the scenario, because uh, you just add a couple more zeros to that check and that agreement and that commitment that they make. Uh, that's another spot. Seattle is where you've got a really well-run organization. Obviously, the Allen family, uh, Jody Allen's running that right now. There's a little bit of an ownership transition, but historically that has been viewed as one of the good spots in the league. So a last-minute bidding war uh, would be very good for Ben Johnson, uh, potentially very bad for the commanders, uh, but also uh, I think that you would you would say they can still get a really good coach, even if it's not Ben Johnson, whether that's Mike McDonald or somebody else. Michael Phillips, of course, 910 The Fan, MP on the mic, and wrapping up his uh, football season's worth of work for the Washington Times with us here on The Hoffman Show. I do think it's kind of funny um, the way the money works with this on the commander side of it because Josh Harris and company spent $6.1 billion, and that is cited as a reason as why they will now spend even more money uh, as opposed to being like, damn, now it's time to b- tighten down the purse straps because we just spent $6.1 <laughs> billion. But it, it does seem like that is the case. Like They spent $6.1 billion for this thing to return on investment, and they very much realize in order to have return on investment, they're going to need to do some more investing is kind of my sense of it. Do you get the same sense? Yeah, that, that's a great point. They're not going to get outbid. They're not going to lose Ben Johnson because they didn't pony up at the end when it matters. That That's not why they're going to lose it. I mean, if Ben Johnson ends up in Seattle, he'll have very legitimate reasons for wanting to be in that organization and, and wanting to participate with that group. Uh, one of those reasons will not be they, they offered me more money. Um, you know, you get to the finish line here. When you find your guy, you make it happen with your guy. Josh Harris knows how this works. He's done this in multiple sports now in multiple leagues. The return on investment of a great coach is one of the underrated things in sports, right? You look at, we often talk about, boy, how great is that college coach gig? You know, you go coach Auburn for three years, get fired, and they keep paying you for another decade. Uh, on the other hand, like Nick Saban, whatever they're paying him, I promise you that university made uh, you know, 10 times more than that on investing in Nick Saban over the years. No, that's a great point. Um, you know, and, and obviously I think you're seeing now, in San Francisco, obviously, in Detroit, and in some of these other places that have this incredible duo of of lead uh, front office person and head coach, right and cohesive, and all of that. That that's how you win, and winning, by the way, makes teams a lot of money, and that's ultimately the the goal, uh, both the winning and the money. Um, a few more minutes <laughs> yeah. with Michael Phillips here. Um, what, anything else from Championship Weekend uh, in terms of? McDonald and Johnson specifically, or or Aaron Glenn or Anthony Weaver, that you see that you think matters in this coaching search, or is this point the hay is in the barn and it comes down to these in person interviews? I'm not a huge believer in the 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 final final arguments uh, thing of like, well, what who did better on Sunday, go hire them. 
Uh, that said, Mike McDonald, let's just take a second to talk about Mike McDonald. 36 years old, all this guy did was pants Kyle Shanahan offenses all year. Like the, the smartest guy in football, like everybody, get me a Kyle Shanahan guy, run that offense. Every time he played one of them, uh, he just dominated them and tore them to little tiny pieces. Uh, 36 years old, by the way. Uh, very, very impressive. Plays Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes gets a couple out of the gate. They put up a big fat zero in the second half, and that's not because they were sitting on the ball. That's because he, he dialed it up. I don't know if he'll be a head coach in this cycle. What I know is those results are pretty dang impressive, Craig. Yeah, no, that is that is for sure. I I kind of wonder if he, like, obviously if he gets an offer, it seems like he's going to take it. He could have removed himself by now, a la Ben Johnson last year. But the one thing that I find really impressive about Johnson is he kind of took this year to study becoming a head coach. That's something Campbell has talked about is like Ben got a little more involved in some stuff, asked some more questions. He wanted to understand what it's like to be in that lead chair. And I almost wonder if, if he gets skipped over this time, it could be a blessing in disguise. And wherever he winds up next year is is a job that he's more prepared. Like obviously going to be more prepared, but if he can kind of follow the model that Johnson did, um, I, I do wonder if that winds up paying off for him. Uh, and also for him to like think about staffing and things that he's probably never thought of before. Like if I'm him, I try to do a little networking this summer because that is my one biggest concern for McDonald is like, who's his staff versus Johnson's got this tremendous tree because he's worked with under a bunch of different people with a bunch of different experiences. Yeah, that's why I think McDonald's not a terrible fit in Seattle. And if he gets that job, first thing I'd do is not fly to the facility, but fly to whatever vacation home Pete Carroll is in right now and be like, hey, you know how you're a senior advisor? What I want that to mean is like, why don't you actually come be a senior advising me? Um, you know, if you could get that Pete Carroll hand holding inside the building for a year, that would serve him really well at this juncture of time. And I mean, heck, that'd serve a lot of people well, uh, not just 36-year-olds, but uh, I can think of some older than 36-year-old NFL coaches who could benefit from, <laughs> from a year with Pete Carroll, too. Uh, but in terms of assembling a staff, you know, if you could keep him involved, I think that would make the job exponentially more more attractive from from both sides for Mike McDonald. Uh, but, but you nailed it. His, his star is not going to get dimmer. Um, what he did this year, if, if he has a successful year next year, this isn't one of those one bite at the apple things. We talked about that. I know we talked about that last week with Aaron Glenn where, hey, look, he may never get another shot at this. If he was offered a job, he probably needed to take it. I don't think that's the Mike McDonald story at all. He can be picky a la Ben Johnson, and, and it would serve him well in his career. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, all right, last thing uh, here with Michael. Uh, next week, by the way, we will preview the game more. When, when, by the way, what's your Vegas schedule? When do you get there? You yeah, so we get there. We get there Sunday night. So I will do the Monday okay. show in Vegas. So uh, when you, I don't know if you want to talk to me Monday night. Uh, we'll, uh, you know, I'll have your people call me. And I know you book up well in advance, but uh, I, I think what probably what we'll what week. we'll do is we'll try to just tape it. Uh, sorry to the audience, Michael might not be live, but the information will still be just as good. But we could just have you. Uh, we can we can set up a, a thing from Radio Row, and we can do it that way. Oh, oh during the week while you're there. Uh, we well we could do that. Or I was going to say you can just we can we can get you from your broadcast position. I'll sit in uh, my my home studio and we can tape a bit on Monday. Or we could yes. just shift you to later in the week and you could join me on set. Uh, we'll if, make it work. Uh, me, Media Night Monday does not start until 8 p.m. Eastern. 
So uh, there, there should not be any any time conflicts there, which is good news for all of us. Yeah, so we could either do that or we could do live on your way or from whatever you're doing between the end of your show and, and 8 p.m. Anyway, the thing I want to ask yeah. you about, uh, well, we, we can plan next week off the air. Um, I'm the one who did that. That's my fault, just to be very, very clear. Uh, but the... Other kind of NFL news from the weekend is the Eagles hired Kellen Moore, and obviously they got Vic Fangio. I think everyone's going to look at the Fangio hire and be like, yep, A-plus, got it. You hired the godfather of modern NFL defense. Good job, Nick Sirianni. What do you make of the Kellen Moore hire? I'm really glad you mentioned this um, because I do have a take. I like it. I like it a lot for the Eagles. I I think that if you're going to have a CEO coach like Sirianni, right, everything rises and falls on your coordinators as we learned last year into this year and shoot i mean detroit's going to go through that next year potentially uh you know have to have to you know weather that or see how well dan campbell hires but i like both of those hires i still like the roster a lot i still like jalen hurts a lot i know that's not what the audience here wants to hear but i will i think i saw the eagles as like 30 to 1 to win the super bowl next year Uh, i am bullish on that right now might might uh, be able to you know find someone in Las Vegas who can take some money on that bet. I just I've heard that's a place you can do such things. Um, I like Kellen Moore a lot. I like the Eagles a lot. I'm going to be honest with you, Michael. I don't love the fit. Yeah, that, you, you can. That's that's your right as a I, radio host. I will say if they had hired Arthur Smith, I would be uh, a lot more scared. Okay, I, I like that. A uh, little uh, little uh, difference of opinion. That's that's what makes good radio here. Uh, I, you know, Kellen was, was the rising star a few years ago. Didn't quite pan out that way. I, I think he's still got, you know, some, some fire in the tank. And I, I mean, the Fangio thing you mentioned, obviously, it goes without saying anybody is better than Matt Patricia at this point. So uh, if, if they had named a wet paper bag as their defensive coordinator, I would still be lauding that move on the air because it is not Matt Patricia. There is an incredible competition for worst Belichick assistant. You're not wrong. I mean, from what Charlie Weiss did, like I think Weiss and Patricia are the two one seeds, but there are other candidates. I mean, McDaniel's, but at least McDaniel's like went back. Every time he goes back to New England, he's an incredible OC. Um, now, granted, that was with Brady, but still, uh, he okay. did it. He's got a bunch of rings. Like Weiss left New England, never good at football again. Patricia left New England, never good at football again. You're telling me a University of Kansas graduate, proud Jayhawk, Michael. About I Weiss. covered you a Charlie Weiss season. Charlie Weiss. <laughs> I was in Lawrence for one of those. Yes, yes. It's uh, a it's the, a six months of my life. I'm never getting back. Turner Gill owes that guy the biggest thank you of all oh. time for not being the worst Kansas football oh. coaching hire of the 2000s. Oh, that is speaking of lists. Oh, the Belichick <laughs> Belichick assistant list versus Kansas. Uh, man, that's that's a summer show for you, sir. Um, and the Venn diagram meets at Charlie White. It sure does. Uh, Michael Phillips, everybody, uh, 10 a.m. to noon weekdays on 910 The Fan, which you can, of course, listen to on the free Odyssey app or on your car radio if you're driving down through Richmond. Uh, Michael, whether it is from Radio Row or on Radio Row, we look forward to talking to you next week. Uh, safe travels out to Vegas, and I'll see you there. Looking forward to it, Craig. See ya. All right, that is Michael Phillips, everybody. When we get back, back to the championship games, Anthony and I break down the AFC championship game next, the NFC championship game 
uh, at 5.45. And then ESPN Seth Walder joins us at 6. Uh, he is a big part of their analytics department at ESPN. And I uh, wanted to get his take on the Detroit Lions making fourth down decisions yesterday. Walder at 6 here on the Hoffman Show.